السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'uz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalif al-Masih V, Iyadullah Ta'ala Bidis Aziz stated, Hazrat Asim bin Sabit was a Sahabi, i.e. companion of the Holy Prophet His father was Sabit bin Qais, and his mother's name was Shamus bin Abu Amir. The Holy Prophet ﷺ established a bond of brotherhood between him and Abdullah bin Jahsh. At the occasion of the Battle of Uhud, when the disbelievers of Mecca launched a sudden attack, which caused a panic among the Muslims, Hazrat Asim remained fixed in his position next to the Holy Prophet ﷺ. He pledged allegiance to the Holy Prophet ﷺ upon death. He was among the archers appointed by the Holy Prophet ﷺ. He belonged to the Aus tribe and participated in the Battle of Badr. On the day of the Battle of Badr, the Holy Prophet ﷺ asked the companions as to how they would fight when confronted by the enemy. Hazrat Asim replied, O Messenger of Allah, when they are in range of our arrows, we will use our arrows. When they come close enough that our stones can reach them, we will use stones. He then lifted three stones in one hand and placed two in the other hand. He then stated, When they come close enough to attack with our spears, we will fight them with spears. When our spears break, we will fight them with our swords. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Indeed, this is the correct way to fight in a battle. He further said, Whoever wishes to fight should fight according to the instructions of Asim. During those times, wars were only fought with swords and spears, and this was the only method of war. Stones were also used. It was not like nowadays, where they kill even innocent people and children by shelling at them. A non-Muslim wrote a book in which he mentions the wars fought by the Holy Prophet ﷺ by saying that 
One raises allegations against Muhammad as to why he fought wars. A few hundred or a thousand people may have died during the battles he fought. And those who consider themselves progressive and advocates for humanity killed more than 70 million people, the majority of whom were ordinary citizens. He was referring to the Second World War. However, today, unfortunately, Muslims are seeking help from those same people and Muslims are killing fellow Muslims without any distinction. Instead of using that method that when the enemy attacks one, one should employ different ways of fighting, they are initiating attacks themselves and thereby killing innocent people. It is mentioned in another narration that Hazrat Ali anhu returned with his sword on the day of Battle of Uhud, which had bent due to the intense fighting. Hazrat Ali said to Hazrat Fatima, Keep this commendable sword, it will prove useful in the battlefield. The Messenger of Allah heard what he said. Thus he said, If you have shown excellence with the sword today, then Sahal bin Hunayf, Abu Dajana, Asim bin Sabat, and Haris bin Samar have also shown excellent swordsmanship. In a narration, it is mentioned that the Holy Prophet ﷺ conferred a favor to one of the prisoners of Badr, Abu Uzab, Amr bin Abdullah, who was a poet, by setting him free. The reason for this was that he said, O Muhammad, I have five daughters, and I am their only guardian. Hence, please set me free for them as an act of charity. Subsequently, the Holy Prophet set him free. Upon this, Abu Uzza said, I make a solemn pledge to you that I will never fight you in the future, nor will I assist anyone in their wars against you. Hearing this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ sent him back and freed him without receiving anything in return. When the Quraysh were about to leave for Uhud, Safwan bin Umayyah approached him and said that you should also come with us. He said to him, I have made a firm pledge with Muhammad that I will never fight him and neither will I assist in any wars against him. He had conferred this favor upon me and upon no one else. Hearing this, Safwan gave him a guarantee that if he were to be killed, he, i.e. Safwan, would adopt his daughters and if he were to survive, he would give him a mountain of wealth which would only be for his family. In other words, Safwan was enticing him to join them in the battle by saying that if he were to be killed, he would treat his daughters like his own. But if he survived, he would be given an abundance of wealth. Upon this, Abu Uzza started to gather other Arab tribes and incite them for war. He not only participated himself, rather he went to gather people from other tribes in order to fight the Muslims. He then left for the Battle of Uhud alongside the Quraysh and was once again imprisoned during the war. No one else from the, among the Quraysh was imprisoned alongside him. Hence, when he was captured, he was asked about the oath he made. He replied, O Muhammad, I was compelled to fight as I have daughters to look after. Please be kind towards me. He repeated the same excuse saying that he had to look after his daughters and for the Holy Prophet ﷺ to show him kindness. A favor had previously been conferred upon him and he was set free. However, he came out to fight again. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Where is the pledge that you made with me? Absolutely not. Now it can never be done. By God, 
You will not be permitted to roam around Makkah saying that you deceived and fooled Muhammad twice, God forbid. According to another narration, the Holy Prophet said that certainly a believer cannot be bitten twice from the same hole. He then commanded Asim bin Sabit to kill him. Asim stepped forward and decapitated him. Hence, even when they are punished after committing such injustices and breaking their pledges, people criticize the character of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, saying that he was guilty of cruelties, God forbid. These days, Wilders, a politician in Holland, is exceeding all bounds in attacking the character of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. If he can show examples of the aforementioned forgiveness to the world or even in his own country, then his allegations can be justified to a certain extent. However, he will never be able to show such examples. Hazrat Mirza Bashid Ahmed Sahib has made a mention of the incident of Raji and Hazrat Asim in Sirat Khatman Nabiyin. He writes, In the month of Safar, four after Hijri, the Holy Prophet ﷺ assembled a party of ten companions, appointed Asim bin Sabit as their Amir, and ordered them to secretly go towards Makkah and obtain intelligence with regards to the Quraysh, and then inform him about their plans and motives. However, this party had not yet departed when a few people from the tribes of Adil and Qara presented themselves before the Holy Prophet ﷺ and said that many people from among their tribes were inclined towards Islam and that the Holy Prophet ﷺ should send a few men with them who could convert them to Islam and educate them. The Holy Prophet ﷺ was pleased to hear their request and the same party which had been assembled for the reconnaissance mission was sent off with them instead. However, in actuality, as was later discovered, these people were liars and had come to Medina upon the incitement of the Banu Lahyan, who sought revenge for the execution of their chief, Sufyan bin Khalid, and had thus contrived the plan that when the Muslims come out of Medina on this pretense, they would attack them. In lieu of this service, the Banu Lahyan promised the people of Adil and Qara a hefty reward of many camels. When the treacherous people of Adil and Qara reached between Asfan and Makkah, they secretly sent a message to the Banu Lahyan that the Muslims were accompanying them and that they should come as well. Upon this, 200 young men from the Banu Lahyan 100 of whom were archers, set forth in pursuit of the Muslims and subdued them at a place known as Raji. But how could 10 Muslims compete against 200 warriors? The Muslims, however, had not been taught to throw in their arms. The companions immediately ascended to a nearby hillock and prepared for battle. The disbelievers, who did not consider deception as being reprehensible, called out to them and said, Come down from the mountain. We give you a firm promise that we shall not kill you. Asim anhu responded, We have no confidence whatsoever in your treaties and agreements. We cannot descend on your guarantee. Then he raised his head towards the heaven and said, O God, you are witnessing our state. Do convey knowledge of our condition to your messenger. Hence Asim and his companions stood and fought and were eventually martyred in the battle. He further writes, In the context of this very incident of Raji, a narration has been related that when the Quraysh received news that Asim bin Sabit was also among those who had been martyred at Raji at the hands of the Banu Lahyan, since Asim had slain a principal chieftain of the Quraysh, they especially sent some men towards Raji, 
and emphatically instructed them to return with the head of Asim or another part of his body so that they could put to rest and their thirst for revenge could be quenched. In another narration, it is also mentioned that the mother of the person who was killed by Asim, Sulefa bint Saad, had vowed that she would drink wine from the skull of the person who killed her son. However, the power of God was such that when these people arrived there, lo and behold, they found swarms of hornets and male honeybees resting upon the body of Asim, and they would not move at all. These people tried their level best to send off these hornets and bees, but no attempt proved successful. Finally, with no other choice, they returned frustrated and unsuccessful. Soon after, a storm of rain came and took the body of Asim elsewhere. It is written that upon accepting Islam, Asim vowed that he would completely abstain from anything that was polytheistic, to the extent that he would not even touch an idolater. When Hazrat Umar was informed of his martyrdom and of this occurrence in particular, he said, Look how beautifully Allah guards the emotions of his beloved servants. He fulfilled the vow of Asim even after his demise and safeguarded him from the touch of idolaters. Hazrat Asim, may Allah be pleased with him, was also known as Hamiyud Dabr i.e. the person who was saved by wasps or bees. Allah the Exalted protected him through wasps following the martyrdom of Hazrat Asim and his companions. The Holy Prophet ﷺ offered the prayer of Qunut during the Fajr prayer for an entire month in which he cursed the tribes of Rihl, Zakwan and the Banu Lahyan. In another narration, it is stated that Hazrat Asim would fire arrows towards the enemy and would repeat the following couplet Al mawtu haqqun wal hayatu batil, wa kullu ma qadal ilahu nazil, bil marri wal marru ilayhi a'il. That is to say, that death is inevitable and the worldly endeavors are futile, and whatever God Almighty has decreed for man shall surely come to pass, and man has no choice but to accept it. When Hazrat Asim ran out of his arrows, he began fighting with a spear. When that too broke, he took out a sword and gave his life in the battle. The second companion I will mention is Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf Ansari. Hunayf was the name of his father, and the name of his mother was Hind bin Tirafe. He had two brothers from his mother's side, Abdullah and Noman. And his children were Asad, Usman and Saad. The children remained in Medina and Baghdad. 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 The Holy Prophet ﷺ formed a bond of brotherhood between him and Hazrat Ali. He accompanied the Holy Prophet ﷺ in all battles, including the Battle of Badr. Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf had a lofty status, but did not have a strong financial position. Ibn Unayna relates that he, i.e. Hazrat Sahal, stated that he heard Zuhri say that from the war booty of Banu Nazir, Hazrat Abu Uwayna relates that he heard Zuhri say that from the war booty of the Banu Nazir, the Holy Prophet ﷺ gave nothing to any Ansar companion except Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf and Hazrat Abu Dajana, as they were both in need of financial support. In 
Ibn Ishaq states that after the migration of the Holy Prophet ﷺ to Medina, Hazrat Ali remained in Mecca for three days and three nights. He returned all the possessions to those people who had given them to the Holy Prophet ﷺ to look after. Following this, he came and joined the Holy Prophet ﷺ and stayed in the house of Kulthum bin Hidam. During the journey, Hazrat Ali remained in Quba for a few nights. He states, In Quba there was a Muslim woman who was unmarried. I saw that each night a man would come to her house and knock on her door. Upon this the woman would come out and the man would give her something and she would take it. He states, I became suspicious regarding this and said to her, O virtuous woman, who is the person who comes and knocks on your door every night? When you attend to the door, he gives you something about which I have no knowledge. You are a Muslim woman who does not have a husband. Therefore, coming out at night and meeting a man is not correct. She answered, The person is Sahal bin Hanaf. He is aware that I am alone and have no one with me. Therefore, when night falls, he smashes the idols of his people and brings them to me so that I can burn them. Ibn Ishaq states that Hazrat Ali would mention this incident of Hazrat Sahal up until his demise. of how he, i.e. Hazrat Sahal, used this method to eradicate idolatry amongst his people. Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf was among those great companions who remained steadfast during the Battle of Uhud and took the Pledge of Allegiance upon death at the hand of the Holy Prophet He stood like a shield in front of the Holy Prophet at a time when the severe attack of the opponents caused the Muslims to disperse. That day he shot arrows on behalf of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Nabbilu sahlan, fa'innahu sahal. Meaning, give arrows to Sahal, as it is easy for him to shoot arrows. It is narrated that there was a Jewish man by the name of Ghazul, who was an expert spearman and could throw a spear further than anyone. During the siege of the Banu Nazir, a tent was prepared for the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Ghazul threw a spear that reached the tent. The position of the tent was moved under the instructions of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. After this, Hazrat Ali anhu went in pursuit of the aforementioned individual. Meanwhile, Ghazul along with a small group were planning to kill one of the Muslim chiefs. Hazrat Ali ambushed him and killed the spearman and presented his head to the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Those who were with him fled the Holy Prophet ﷺ sent an expedition of ten men under the leadership of Hazrat Ali to punish them. They followed them and killed them because they had been secretly planning to carry out various killings. Hazrat Abu Dajana and Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf were among the group that was sent under the leadership of Hazrat Ali anhu. In those days, there was no single day that would pass by in peace. The enemy were waiting to strike at every moment. Thus, such enemies should have been punished in the same manner of that killing. After the victory of Khaybar, the Holy Prophet ﷺ headed towards Wadi al-Qura. When the army of the Holy Prophet ﷺ reached Wadi al-Qura, the Jews were already prepared for war. They welcomed the Muslim army with a flurry of arrows. A 
servant of the Holy Prophet وسلم, named Midam was taking off the saddle of the camel of the Holy Prophet وسلم, when a stray arrow hit him, killing him instantly. The Holy Prophet وسلم, immediately instructed to form rows for battle. He granted the flag to Hazrat Saad bin Abada and gave one flag to Hazrat Khubay bin Munzir the second to Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf, and the third to Hazrat Abad bin Bishr. In result of this expedition, the whole area came under the Muslims, and God granted victory to the Muslims along with an abundance of spoils of war. The Holy Prophet ﷺ remained there for four days and distributed the gains amongst the companions and left the land and orchards with the Jews. In spite of the victory, he left the land and orchards with those people, but appointed a collector. This is a prime example of the kind treatment, even with the enemy, that the possession of land remained with them, and some tax was gathered from it. In accordance with the customs of the time, if one forcefully took over possessions and land, then there was nothing wrong with this. However, the Holy Prophet ﷺ demonstrated virtuousness. Regarding this, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad Sahib writes in his book, The Seal of the Prophets, When the land of Syria was conquered, and the Christian population that lived there came under the Islamic State, one day it so happened that two companions of the Holy Prophet ﷺ Sahal bin Hunayf and Qais bin Saad were sitting somewhere in the city of Qadsiyah when a Christian funeral procession happened to pass by. Upon witnessing this, both companions stood up in reverence. Another Muslim who had not remained in the company of the Holy Prophet ﷺ and was unaware of the moral qualities taught by Islam became very amazed and addressed Sahal and Qais in astonishment, saying, this is the funeral procession of a Zimmi Christian. They responded, Indeed, we are aware. But the practice of the Holy Prophet ﷺ was that he would stand up even for the funeral procession of a non-Muslim, and he would say, Do they not possess a soul created by God? Thus, this is one way for honouring humanity and ending hatred between religions, and these foundations were laid by the Holy Prophet ﷺ and later the companions adopted the same practice. It has been narrated from Abu Vail that they were in Safin when Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf stood up and said, O people, consider yourself to be in error, for we were with the Holy Prophet ﷺ at the time of Hudaybiyah. If we had noticed the conditions of battle, we certainly would have engaged in it. Hazrat Umar bin Khattab then arrived during this incident of Hudaybiyah and said, O Prophet of Allah, are we not on the right path and the disbelievers in the wrong? The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Indeed. He then said, Are those who have been martyred from among us not in paradise and theirs in the hell fire? The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Indeed. Hazrat Umar then said, Why shall we then be subjugated to such humiliation in regards to our faith by entering this treaty on the day of Hudaybiyah? Should we not then return back until God settles the matter between us? The Holy Prophet ﷺ then said, O son of Khattab, I am the messenger of God, and he shall never cause me to perish. Hazrat Umar then went to Hazrat Abu Bakr and repeated to him what he had said to the Holy Prophet. Hazrat Abu Bakr replied, He is the messenger of God, and he shall never cause him to perish. Bukhari then further writes in the Hadith, it was then that Surah Al-Fat was revealed and the Holy Prophet ﷺ recited the entire Surah to Hazrat Umar. Hazrat Umar then said, O Messenger of God, is this the victory? The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Yes. Under the commentary of this hadith, Hazrat Sayyid Waliullah Shah Sahib writes, Safin is a place located between Iraq and Syria where the clash between Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Mavia took place. When Hazrat Mavia's army realized that they were on the verge of defeat, they held the Holy Quran high up 
and said, Let the Holy Quran decide between them. Thus, upon the declaration of Hazrat Ali, the battle came to an end. Some people objected to the declaration for ending the battle. Hazrat Sahal was on the side of Hazrat Ali and said to them, Ittahimu anfusakum. Meaning that they should not consider their opinions to be correct. Because prior to this, Hazrat Umar also developed a misunderstanding. But as the events unfolded, they ultimately proved that the steadfastness of the Holy Prophet and honoring his treaty was truly blessed and he was safeguarded from the dangers. He then said that what was being considered by some to be a sign of weakness and humiliation then in turn became a source of establishing their strength and honor. The Holy Prophet kept regard of every aspect of the treaty regardless of how big or small they were. Although in this particular instant they were betrayed and the desired outcome was not achieved. However, a believer should always think positively and one should make every effort to whatever attempt is made to form a treaty for the sake of God Almighty to oversee all aspects of it is the true hallmark of a believer. Having said that, one should not allow themselves to be betrayed the second time. In that early instance of Hudaybiyah, God Almighty had informed the Holy Prophet and it was in light of that that Hazrat Sahal said if the treaty was being made and the battle would end as a result, then they too should keep Treaty of Hudaybiyah in mind and pursue for a treaty. Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf relates, The Holy Prophet said to me, You are my envoy being sent to Mecca. Go to them and convey my greetings of salam. Tell them that the Holy Prophet instructs them about three things not to take oath in the name of their forefathers, for that is forbidden and is a sin. When they sit to relieve themselves, they should not turn their backs in the direction of the Qibla. They should face north and south. Thirdly, after relieving oneself, one should not use bones or dung. There is great wisdom in this, for they carry various kinds of bacteria which can cause a risk of infection. In this day and age, tissue and water is commonly used, but in those days, stones and bones were used from the jungle, and the Holy Prophet ﷺ forbid them from this practice. As it has been mentioned in relation to Hazrat Ali, that he said that his sword did a splendid job, and the Holy Prophet ﷺ also said the same about Hazrat Asim bin Sabit and Hazrat Sahel bin Hunayf that their swords also did a splendid job. When Hazrat Ali's bayt was being taken, even then Hazrat Sahal was with him. When Hazrat Ali left for Basra, he appointed him, Hazrat Sahal, as his representative. He took part in the Battle of Safin alongside Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Ali also appointed him as the ruler of Iran. However, the people there did not accept him, and so Hazrat Ali then sent Hazrat Ziyad, who they liked. He established a treaty with them, and they also agreed to pay the tax. They did not expel Hazrat Sahal because, God forbid, he was doing something wrong. Rather, everyone has different personalities and different attributes, and thus, Hazrat Ziyad was better able to deal with the people of Iran and was able to form a treaty and also obtain the tax. Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf passed away in Gufa in 38 Hijri whilst returning from the Battle of Sifin. Hazrat Ali led his funeral prayer. Hazrat Hanish bin Mutta relates, When Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf passed away, Hazrat Ali came out in the open plain to lead his funeral prayer. Hazrat Ali recited, Allahu Akbar, God is the greatest, six times, to which some people did not approve. They were then informed by him 
that Hazrat Sahal was a companion who had taken part in the Battle of Badr. When his funeral procession reached Jibana, Hazrat Kurza bin Kaab, along with some companions, met us. They submitted before Hazrat Ali and said, O leader of the faithful, we were not able to be part of the funeral prayer of Hazrat Sahal. Upon this, Hazrat Ali gave them permission to offer his funeral prayer, and so he offered the funeral prayer of Hazrat Sahal under the imamat of Hazrat Kurza. The third companion who I shall mention is Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhir. He was the son of Sakhir bin Umayyah. Hazrat Jabbar, along with 70 Ansar, took the bet at Akbar, Sanya. The Holy Prophet ﷺ established a bond of brotherhood between him and Hazrat Miqdad bin Amr. At the time of Battle of Badr, he was 32 years of age, and he would be sent to Khaybar and other places in order to assess the produce from the date trees. He passed away in Medina during the era of Hazrat Usman's Khilafat in 30 after Hijri. He was 62 years of age at the time of his demise. Hazrat Jabbar took part in the Battle of Badr, Uhud, Khandak and all other battles alongside the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhir relates that whilst travelling towards Mecca, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Who amongst us will go to Asaya first? And prior to us reaching there, we'll prepare the well by covering its holes with soil and fill it with plentiful water. Abu Huwais, who is also among the narrators, states that this was the place the Holy Prophet ﷺ sent us to. Hazrat Jabbar then states, I stood up and offered to render this service. The Holy Prophet ﷺ permitted me to leave, and I arrived at Asaya and mended the well and filled it. I was then overcome with sleep and slept for a while until I was awoken by a person whose camel was fast approaching the well and he was trying to stop it. This person told me to get to the well. I then saw that this person was in fact the Holy Prophet I replied in the affirmative. The Holy Prophet ﷺ then sat his camel down near the edge of the water. He then told me to bring a vessel and come with him. I went along with him with the vessel. The Holy Prophet ﷺ then performed ablution and I also performed the ablution. The Holy Prophet ﷺ then stood for prayer and I stood to his left. The first thing the Holy Prophet ﷺ did upon reaching was perform ablution and offer prayer. He then says, When I stood on the left of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, he held my hand and stood me to his right side. The Holy Prophet ﷺ was offering nawafil prayer, and he decided to also pray alongside the Holy Prophet. However, he stood on the left, and the Holy Prophet immediately held his hand and placed him on his right side. When prayer is being offered in congregation, and there are only two people in the congregation, then the second person will stand on the right side of the imam. He then states, we offered the prayer and we had just started it that the others also reached. On the day of the Battle of Badr, the Holy Prophet ﷺ offered the prayer, Allah Makfini Nawafil bin Khualid, meaning, O oh Allah, become sufficient enough for me against Nawafil bin Khualid. He was a leader from among the idolaters of Mecca. Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhir captured him and Hazrat Ali killed him. The Holy Prophet ﷺ later inquired as to if anyone had any news about Nawfil and Hazrat Ali replied that he had killed him. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ prayed, All praise is due to Allah who accepted my prayer. He was an extremely bitter opponent. Hence, the Holy Prophet ﷺ prayed to God Almighty to be sufficient for him against him. God Almighty then made the provisions for his death. 
It is mentioned in another narration that when the Holy Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, every person desired for him to stay at their home. There were many narrations in this regard, but the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, Wherever my she-camel kneels, I shall stay at that house. As the she-camel passed through the streets, everyone was pleading with the Holy Prophet ﷺ to remain with them, but he replied by instructing them to clear the way for the she-camel i.e. it will sit itself wherever God Almighty pleases. Hence, it carried on walking until it reached the area where there is now the door to Masjid Navi and knelt down. When the she-camel sat down, the Holy Prophet ﷺ received revelation. He was still mounted on the she-camel when it stood up and walked ahead slightly. The Holy Prophet ﷺ had let go of the reins and the she-camel returned to the original spot it was previously sitting and lowered its neck. It was then that Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhar tried to raise its neck in the hope that it would kneel in the quarters of Banu Salma. But it did not get up, and the Holy Prophet ﷺ descended, saying, God willing, I shall remain here. And then recited the verse, وَقُلْ رَبِّ أَنزِلْنِي مُنزَلًا مُبَارَكًا and say, My Lord, cause me to land a blessed landing, for Thou art the best of those who bring men to land. The Holy Prophet then said, Whose house is the closest? Hazrat Abu Ayyub Ansari replied, This is my house, and this is the door, and we have placed a saddle of your camel inside. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Let us go ahead and prepare the place of rest. Hence he went and prepared his place to rest. Hazrat Shahs bin Qais was an elderly man who was a staunch disbeliever and held a lot of malice and hatred in his heart for the Muslims. He once passed by a group of Muslims who were sat speaking to one another. When he witnessed their mutual bond of love and unity and the peacefulness between them through the way they were sat and speaking to one another in a joyful and loving manner, which he too attained through his acceptance of Islam after his enmity in the time of Jahiliyyah. In other words, he previously held enmity for the people, but through Islam, he too achieved this mutual understanding, love and affection. He says that he became infuriated. This is because when they accepted Islam, God Almighty united their hearts. Shahs bin Qais says that the leaders of the Banu Qayla sit in one place and we can have no agreement until and unless all the leaders gather together. How can it be that the enmity has transformed into friendship rather than love and affection? He instructed a Jew accompanying him to go and sit with them, to remind them of the Battle of Boas and their state prior to it. Furthermore, he should recite to them those chants which they used to sing against one another when they were two separate tribes. Therefore, this is what he did, and one tribe read out some of the couplets they used against the other. Hearing these couplets rekindled a fire in their hearts, bringing back the days of ignorance. Thereafter, the other tribe replied, saying that this is what our poet used to recite on that day, as he too recited some poetry in the days of ignorance. Hence, just as they were all sitting and speaking to another with love and affection, this mischief caused them to start speaking unpleasantly to one another, and an argument ensued as they began boasting. It reached the point where two of them, Hazrat Aus bin Qazi, and Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhar became irritated, and one of them even said to the other, If we want, we can start fighting now. 
it got to the stage where out of anger both parties designated the place of battle and started making claims as they did in the days of ignorance. This news reached the Holy Prophet ﷺ, so he went to the Aus and Khazraj tribes, accompanied by the Mahajirin companions. The Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, O Muslims, fear Allah, fear Allah. Do you all make claims like in the time of ignorance while I am among you? Whilst God Almighty has guided you to Islam, honoured you through it, and put an end to your days of ignorance, saved you from disbelief and established love between you, do you then turn to disbelief once again like in the past? The companions came to the realisation that this was satanic mischief-making and a plot to turn them against one another. Therefore they put down their weapons, began weeping, and the people of the Aus and Khazraj tribes began embracing one another. Then they submitted to the Holy Prophet ﷺ, pledging their obedience to him once again. God Almighty turned out the fire kindled by their enemy, Shalth bin Ges. The verse was then revealed. Qul ya ahlal kitabi, lima takfuruna bi ayatillahi, wallahu shahidun ala ma ta'amalun. Qul ya ahlal kitabi, لِمَا تَصُدُّونَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ مَنْ آمَنَ تَبْغُونَهَا عِوَجًا تَبْغُونَهَا عِوَجًا وَأَنْتُمْ شُهَدَا وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Say, O people of the book, why deny ye the signs of Allah while Allah is watchful of what you do? Say, O people of the book, why hinder ye the believers from the path of Allah seeking to make it crooked, while you are a witness thereof, and Allah is not unmindful of what you do. Hazrat Aus bin Kezi and Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhir and their companions who behaved as they would during the days of ignorance, because they were under the influence of Shah's deception, for such people the following commandment was revealed. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِن تُطِيعُوا فَرِيقًا مِنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ يَرُدُّوكُمْ بَعْدَ إِيمَانِكُمْ كَافِرِينَ وَكَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ وَأَنْتُمْ تُطْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتُ اللَّهِ وَفِيكُمْ رَسُولُهُ وَمَنْ يَعْتَسِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ O ye who believe, if you obey any party of those who have been given the book, they will turn you again into disbelievers after you have believed. How would you disbelieve, while to you are rehearsed the signs of Allah, and His Messenger is present among you, and He who holds fast to Allah is indeed guided to the right path? This was the condition of the companions. There was a time when they were deceived by satanic influence. However, they became regretful immediately after the Holy Prophet ﷺ made them realize that they were behaving in the same manner as they would in the days of ignorance. So they moved forth towards reconciliation. In fact, they displayed their feelings of love and brotherhood for each other. Such were their examples that serve as a model for people who get entangled these days due to a false sense of honor and ego over petty issues. If those who were thirsty for each other's blood and those who were at war with each other became brothers, then how come those who recite the same kalama now and those who were born into one jamaat cannot efface their egos? There are many issues that come to light which are caused by false egos and strained relations are established because of this. Sometimes such issues last months or even years. Some youngsters write, Our familial relations have been strained, but the new generation has the desire to re-establish these relations. But because of our adults, this does not happen. Such people should take heed that the teaching of Allah the Almighty is that of love, affection and unity. And He has made us one nation. We should live together as one nation. 
and should not become engrossed in our false egos. May Allah the Almighty guide everyone. It is also narrated, after Hazrat Umar expelled the Jews from Khaybar, he took the Ansar and Mahajirin with him. Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhar and Hazrat Yazid bin Sabit were also with him. Both of them used to visit Khaybar in order to evaluate the prophets from its land, and they had fixed everyone's share in accordance with the distribution. During the distribution of Valley of Qurah, where Hazrat Umar granted various companions their shares, there he also granted one share to Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhar. This was the condition of some of the companions. May Allah the Almighty exalt their status continuously. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shurura anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yadihillahu falamudillahu